Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. What's up, man? Happy Thanksgiving. We'll happy, wait later. Happy Black Friday. Happy, oh, yes, right? <laughs> yeah. Or happy National Get Your Christmas Tree Day is what yeah. I like to prefer Black Friday as because we go immediately once Thanksgiving's over, man. It's time to pivot, you know? <laughs> well, if you just have a pregnant wife and they won't want to go do anything, and uh, oh, you'll yeah, have to go, go get one. <laughs> That's an easy solution because nothing could ever be different trouble, troublesome yeah. crap, right? <laughs> I, yeah, we got, a, uh, we got like a three-foot plastic tree. So Merry Christmas to me for not having to go get a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also in New York, I don't know whether they, they, they cost North Carolina, but they're about a hundred bucks in New York to go get a Christmas tree. Oh, it was about buck fifty today in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah it's well, not we, cheap, man. I also bought can, a tree that's about two feet too tall for my house, like an idiot, uh, just because <laughs> it was the fattest, most full one. I just I was in my Clark Griswold mode where I was like, look, plenty of sap, you know, like I just wanted something gigantic and impressive. Um, and so now I'm sitting out in my driveway with a handsaw uh, and cutting off a foot and a half of this Christmas tree. I could have got a $120 tree and been perfectly fine, but this is the Christmas story where they're like, uh, have you got one of them, those big trees? Like, <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, pro- the biggest problem with uh, getting one in New York is we don't have cars where you can just throw them on top of, we have to like, oh, yeah, like carry it blocks. Um, and, yeah. um, my wife doesn't do the carrying. I do the carrying. So I, uh, she's carrying something more important yeah. right now to the both of you, right? <laughs> well, I'm not carrying anything this year. So that's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm all right. It, the small wins, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're responsible for carrying like a seven footer next year though. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so Speaking yeah, of carrying, we can go straight into the Carolina Panthers defense. <laughs> Carolina defense carrying the team to yeah. one and nine to yeah. one and nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really don't want to talk about this, but I think we have to because people want to listen or people that yeah. are listening expect us to talk about it. Uh, yeah. So let us talk about the Dallas Cowboys versus Carolina Panthers. The good thing is. We saw the Dallas Cowboys since them, then, and it's not just against us. They do it against everybody. Right, so right. it makes you feel a little bit better. They're but, a really good football team. You know, and, like they're just a really, really complete, balanced football team that knows exactly who they are. They know what they want to do, and they execute it pretty consistently, man. And, yeah. And that's kind of what we should all be looking to strive for. They get, look, Cowboys get a lot of shit talked about them, and, and rightfully so, man. They're the Cowboys, and they got a lot of fans that are just front runners, you know, that are Lakers fans and Yankees fans, all that kind of stuff. Right. That's fine. <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, though, man, they put out a relatively consistent product, and they know what they are good at. They have an idea on how to build around that team. They build from the offensive line out. They have a premier weapon in C.D. Lamb, um, Tony Pollard. They, they, they handle the running back situation the right way. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. They keep loading up on these, um, not cheap guys, but these really smart investment type of things with Rico Dowdle, right? Like, no yeah. one really knew much about Rico Dowdle, and he's playing a relatively significant role on one of the best teams in the NFC. Um, mm-hmm. Tony Pollard coming off the injury. It, it, it really does. It starts with that offensive line, man, and I think that, when we look at our team and that just direct comparison to playing against them last week, mm-hmm. it is so evident how much better they are on the yep. front of the offensive and defensive lines than we have been in damn near a decade, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's nice when you have like a, a receiver like TD Lamb that can go into motion, go out of the slot, go out of. Uh, so it, they yeah. do kind of move pre staff a lot and they kind of like. 
keep you guessing a lot, um, which is that people thought that when Kelly Moore left, like, oh, all this like pre snap motion and all this right. stuff, like with Tony Pollard on the back, blah, 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 blah whatever, right. um, was going to go away. No, of course it's not going to go away because Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl before and well, he and knows in football. Yeah. Games. And you know what, man? He's an experienced coach. Um, he's been in the NFL long enough to know that when you see something that works, you stick with it, you figure out how to incorporate that into the game plan on a weekly basis. And like you said, they are not afraid to switch things up. They're not saying, hey, C.D. Lamb is the best out of the slot. We're not going to use him anywhere on the outside or anything like that. No, no, they know that he's effective in multiple areas, so they use him in multiple areas. Unlike some other teams that we know very well that say, hey, we are going to use the same three wide receivers, and they're going to stay in the same alignment, and we are going to run the same thing over and over until it works because we had a plan at the beginning of the year and in the offseason, and we drew up a collaborative effort. And we're not going to stop until somebody actually does what they say they were going to do. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Let's go get this big play guy uh, out in the offseason and let's throw big passes to them downfield. And he'll probably catch some touchdowns. Panthers Panthers said the same thing, and they don't throw the ball downfield to him. So, I don't know. Maybe we just should. Maybe. Maybe maybe try. Yeah. I don't don't know. I don't know. Maybe not right off like a. you know, a highly talented uh, pick because they don't—they're not great in the first couple of years. And Michael yeah. Gallup, um, you know, Michael Gallup has some big catches yesterday. And yeah. we have Terrace Marshall that just can't see the field. So, um, yeah, whatever. Uh, okay, let's just get into the game a little bit. I'll—I'll uh, I'll go through the game. It tail of the tape is basically Cowboys score, we score, we hold them, get a stupid penalty, they extend the drive, they score, we punt. We hold them. We get a stupid penalty. They score. They go in the half 17 to three. We score right out of half 17 to 10. And then we, the wheels fall off in the fourth quarter when we're down 17, 10 and a mixture of penalties, um, pick six by, uh, well, by bland, man. He's been awesome. He's um, outrageously good, man. And they, I mean, they got closers, like they just have closers, uh, they got Tony Pollard. They got CD lamb. They got Zach. They, they just know how to, when they have the lead, not give you. They got pass rushes. They got Parsons. They got like they got yeah. closers. So when they have a lead, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna normally beat you. Um, so the way to beat them is you have to have a lead going into. Yeah, the- I mean they they keep their foot on your neck. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not going to get the opportunity to come back on them if they get that two possession lead in the second half. They're go- they're gonna finish the game and they're gonna win. Yeah. And it's very frustrating, man, because it's one of the things that we see from the Panthers for for years, man. And and it's not even just a Frank Reich thing. It's not, you know what I mean? This is just a common thing that we have seen from this Panthers football team for a long time, that we get into these situations where we hang in there, we're playing close, and we can never figure out how to put together the win. And I don't know how else you can find the place to, to set that blame outside of coaching because you talked about it just right there in that recap right what was what was a really common thing that you said stupid penalty yeah. stupid penalty and and these penalties are happening in the most disad, disadvantageous situations right like mm-hmm. we're talking about what was it on the um 
the very first the horse tackle or the horse map. Yeah, Xavier Woods. Yeah, Xavier Woods. Third and nineteen. Yeah, we could have gotten them off the field. It didn't matter if he picked up an extra two or three yards when he was on his way out to the sideline. Right. Mm -hmm. We gave him an extra 30, but technically because of the two penalties, I know they only accept one. You can't get both, but we literally, that wasn't the only one though. We had other unnecessary roughness on third downs that continued drives. And there's just no excuse for this stuff, man. And it is, it is a weekly occurrence that we are having these bonehead plays at just head shaking moments. And yeah. I don't know how the coaching staff, and I'm, I won't just lay it directly on Frank. I would lay it on Campen is responsible for what this offensive line struggles with, with their pre-snap penalties, man. Like there is just a lot of confusion yeah. and a lot of like lack of confidence or something. Yeah. Like There's no discipline. But then when you look at it from the defensive standpoint, we've all praised Zero Evro, but what's happening on that defensive side? Like what, These penalties against the Cowboys were atrocious, man. And they're self-inflicted wounds that you just can't do. And when you had one of them early, when you had the early one, the double personal foul by Xavier, you Mm would have thought that somebody would have had a foot in an ass talking about, hey, look, that's it. That's y'all's one time. The next person that does that, you're out for the game, man. Like, we were about sacrificing Calvin Throckmorton as some sort of statement move by Scott Fitterer. Where's the statement move during a game where you just say, hey, we're not going to let this happen, guys. Like, we're not going to beat ourselves early in the game. We're playing one of the best teams in the league, and you guys are giving them extra opportunities. Yeah, it's I mean. Recipe for disaster, man. The Bears game, were, some of them were phantom. Like, they just didn't happen. Yeah, and we just got right. we just got really, really unlucky there. Uh, I'm going to say unlucky because I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, um, right. But we, uh, we got unlucky. But our offensive line. Let me just read to you our penalties uh, this year. Our top two guys in penalties. Icky has seven. Bradley has four. Then let's go down the line. Taylor Bowden has three. Zavala has three. And then just uncharacteristically, uh, Corbett has got one uh, last week. And it's just like, what is wrong with the, what is What is going on with the offensive line? The yeah. offensive line, all of them continually get penalties, get penalized. Yeah. Yep. That's a fixable thing. You can fix yep. that. And we haven't because yep. against the Cowboys, we had two more false starts, one on Zavala and one on uh, Corbett. And yep. the one on Corbett was after the when, when they scored on us because we extended the drive. We had the ball and we were driving downfield. And, of course, third down, we get a false start penalty. And yep. two, the down distance was too long. And we have to give the ball right back to them. They create momentum. And they just don't stop yep. from there. Yep. So that's killing us. Um, I mean, that's just like an easy, coachable, what is going on? How do we fix this? This shouldn't be how this looks 10 games in the season. I can understand defense because defense, bang, bang, things happen. You're not thinking all of a sudden. But when you sit down in a stance, just waiting for this snap count or whatever, however you're reading the snap. Whatever the cadence, anything. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You just got to be better. You just got to. Like that's that's silly, silly penalties. So yeah. I can forgive the defense a little bit more, also because they're not committing as many penalties as the offense, yeah. um, and they look way better. So I'll defend the right. defense a little bit more than the offense. Yeah, no, totally. And, and and I also don't really care for the excuse anymore about this being the first time that this staff has worked together and all this kind of stuff. I really, I 
I think that if you were to go on a linear track and point to all of the other first-time staffs in the NFL, you look at people like the Texans, you look at even Tampa Bay, right? What they've done with their staff bringing is a different one. Washington Commanders, what they're doing. There are people that are in for the first time in the positions that they're in with the team that they're with, and they've made a tangible impact on the better side of things than to come in and wreck the pre-snap operation or or the discipline of a football team. At some point, man, you got to just stop making excuses, right? And, and we've talked and preached patience and, and, and letting things figure themselves out. And now for the past probably, I'd say, five weeks, We've been a lot more like, hey, look, you had that grace period, right? You had your opportunity to kind of get these things in order and to identify areas of weaknesses and deficiencies and say, well, look, man, we're this very experienced coaching staff. We've got all these Super Bowl rings. We've got all this playoff experience. We've got player experience. Like, we're just this all-star cast of coaches. We can figure this out. And instead, we are getting the same Hey, look, we're we're trying our best to operate on all three facets of the game, and and we're we're gonna do these things the right way. It's us against the world. Keep pounding is not just a thing that you say; it's a it's a way of being, dude. I don't know how much more I can take of the. Yeah, I know you can't see it, but it's working. Type of thing. yeah, heard that already, dude. It didn't go over well when that last idiot said it. I don't <laughs> think it's going over that well when this idiot's saying it. You know. Yeah, And I don't mean that disrespectfully to Frank, dude. I think that Frank's a very nice guy and a very uh, genuine person. I don't think that his intention here is to ruin this offense. But yeah. I think that he is ruining it because there's just not a multi-dimensional aspect of his coaching. And I think that he wants very badly to do what he was brought here and asked to do, right? With like making this a passing attack and doing all of that kind of stuff. He drafted Bryce Young. But they're doing it all at the detriment of the entire football team, including Bryce Young, including the offensive line, including the running backs, including these receivers, man. Like, these receivers are going to start having legitimate gripes when you look at it. You say a guy like DJ Chark signed a one-year contract, right? And I get it. Mm. happy with DJ Chark because he's an explosive downfield guy and he has not been explosive and has not made downfield plays. That's a fair thing to criticize and gripe about, man, because it's the truth. Yeah, how much of that is directly on DJ Chark, or how much of that is directly on, or a a um, collaborative thing about the offensive line, the play calling, and everything else like that? That's also a fair thing to talk about. But at some point, DJ Chark has a real gripe when he says, "Look, I signed a one year deal. It's basically a prove it type of deal, right?" Yeah, and this isn't helping me. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I haven't even showcased if I can or can't do the downfield plays because you're not giving me the opportunities. And, and what we have seen, though, man, is we've seen that when they go outside of what they are, their preconceived ideas about what this offense should be, and they actually run and play to the strengths of the personnel on the roster, they have been effective, actually, at times, man. Like, weird. Let me tell you what I was actually impressed. Can we let's do an optimistic segment here, real quick? <laughs> right. What I was actually intrigued and um and hopeful about from that game against the Cowboys. When they ran out of 12 personnel and they operated from under center, which somebody tried to convince us that Bryce was uncomfortable doing, that Bryce Man. couldn't operate under center. Man, and that's got to just get like debunked right now, right? Because where this offense executed at the highest level on Sunday against the Cowboys was under center, 
it opened up the play action abilities, which fans have been saying for a minute. Uh, beat reporters have been saying for a minute. And you saw these potentials of Bryce Young playing within the, his element and within means of the personnel around him. The offensive line protected better in those situations. There wasn't this, like, he's, he wasn't in the pistol all the time. And sometimes from the 12 personnel, they did operate out of the pistol. But that's where you can incorporate wrinkles, man. Mm-hmm. And you start showing that you can operate out of that 12 personnel and you're a more run heavy. You have more protection options because you have more bodies back there that can stay back. You don't always have to have DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo, and Adam Thielen running routes with Hayden Hurst or Tommy Tremble or somebody else out there and then have your running back also leaking out from the B-gap. You mm-hmm. can figure out ways, man. It's what Bobby Slowick is doing in Houston. They're figuring out creative ways of running their personnel and running protections at the same time. Sometimes they're only having two men run routes downfield, and they'll keep six in or seven in to help block. And it's providing the extra time for C.J. Stroud to look at the play develop and and let it work. Now, the Mm. difference is, of course, we don't have a lot of individual winners on the outside, right? Nico Collins and Tank Dell, they can win. Noah Brown can win. But Nico Collins and Noah Brown, dude, let's don't sell this and romanticize this as if they were world beaters before this year either. They have benefited greatly from the scheme that they have been put in and with the quarterback that is throwing them the ball. Yeah. All of those things are true. Yes. That doesn't mean, though, that we shouldn't be able to do that same thing for our receivers, for our quarterback, and our offensive line. We should Correct. be able to do the same thing. And that is about coaching competency and understanding that just because your thing isn't working doesn't mean that our thing can't still work. Mm. And I, I, I want them to get over the personal idea that they will be a failure if they operate the offense the way that somebody else used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, all right. Let's just, uh, I'm gonna, you hit two points and I want to just talk about both of them that, that you're saying. First point is uh, Noah Brown. Noah Brown was available. We could have got him. Like, yeah. it, like there, there was guys that if you were saying, well, we don't have those guys, well, yeah. we could have got him. So that's on them. That's, that's on us too. Like, and so what do you think the response would have been, man? Like, can I ask you that opinion? If we'd assign Noah Brown, Instead of let's say DJ Chark or something like that, oh, like, freaked out. We would have been like, well, "That's the guy." We could said Noah yeah. Brown. How is right. that going to be a guy that changes our team? Right. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. And think about if DJ Chark was on that team, uh-huh. man. Don't yeah. don't talk to don't miss me with the DJ Chark hate. Like, right. it, it's we we will uh we <laughs> if DJ Chark was with the Texans right now, you'd see a completely different DJ Chark. Um, okay to say that he still had a disappointing year. He had had a disappointing year, and he's Correct. had some major drops, dude. Like, mm-hmm. some of his drops have been bad. Right. We've had drops plague this entire damn team, to be honest. Right. Like, Thielen, nobody's caught the ball consistently. Right. But like you're saying, I just have a hard time, man, that if you were to say we had an opportunity to sign Noah Brown, yeah. if we'd have done that, dude, I don't think that you're seeing this overly excited response from the fan base <laughs> because we brought Noah Brown in. Correct. Correct. We could have got Tank Dell. We could have got. I mean, we could have got these guys. So I don't want to. We should have like, got Tank Dell too. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I don't. We can't be the, the team that's like, well, we don't have those guys. Well, we could have yeah. had those guys. If we right. wanted to. So right. let's talk about like grace period and like give these guys uh, uh, a chance. I'm just like looking at the the best uh, offenses in, in the league who have new coaching staffs. So yeah, oh. Houston Texans. They're number five in offense right now. And they have a completely new uh, coaching staff. Uh, Baltimore Ravens have a new offense coordinator. They're number seven, Todd Munkin. Yep. 
And then you got, I mean, if you want to say the Chiefs, so we'll, we'll throw them out because they did. The Ravens have a bunch bit. of new pieces too, right? They've got Zay Flowers, their rookie. They got Odell Beckham Jr. coming off of injury again. Rashad yeah. Bateman and Mark Andrews are the only consistent things that they've had on that team. And Bateman has been only consistently bad, right? And, and he doesn't play. Like, he's off the right. field all the time. Yeah, and then you got the um, uh, Commanders, the enemy, their top 10 offense. You got Indianapolis Colts with uh, Steichen and a backup uh, quarterback. They're number 12. Uh, you got the uh, um, uh, CLC Hawks. They got a new one. You got the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, yep. They're crushed. All these teams have over 300 yards total offense every single game. The Denver yep. Broncos. You see yep. Russell Wilson this year? Like, they're, they all look yep. like, and you saw the struggles with the Broncos. They got a new staff. Okay. They struggled early and they look great now. They had that grace period. So I'm not doing grace period anymore. This, this, this should be a well-oiled machine by now. We are second to last in offense. Yep. All these teams have new staffs, backup quarterbacks. Have you seen Josh Dobbs with Brandon Powell lately? Man. Like, yep. Like I don't like Alexander Matt. You don't think we have a better, uh, uh, better offensive uh, Alexander uh, Madison? Do you see this? I don't know. That was cool. I think it's because I did something with my hands and a stream yard. Just that was fun. I don't know what that was. Uh, I liked it though. Um, if you're if you're watching, fireworks just went off as I was talking because I was just bidding so much fire. I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, man, look at the no, right. Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler. You're saying yeah. that we don't have a better running back duo of Chuba <laughs> Hubbard and Miles Sanders? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Look, look at uh, 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 in season, the Raiders made a co- coaching change with a rookie quarterback. They do have Devontae Adams, but that ain't the reason that they're <laughs> that they're doing yeah, great. I mean, they also have like one of the worst offensive lines, right? Like they were they were great. One of the worst offensive lines. They come in and they start doing a little bit more. They start going to Josh Jacobs a little bit more. They're not putting the ball in Jimmy G's hands, trying to have him out there look like the resurgence of Tom Brady, just because Josh McDaniels has some kink for bringing New England to the West Coast. You know yeah. what I mean? I, yeah. Also, there are tangible results, man, that you could see from some of these linear situations. And they had they got Jacoby Myers. You know what? Jacoby Myers was available as well. So let's yep. like there's no more excuses. I don't want to get any more excuses because if, if they don't get excuses, then these other teams that are doing well that are pushing 500 or like I think all these teams in new situations outside of Tampa Bay are 500 or better. Yep. Then I with our defense and with our weapons uh, yep. compared to these. Yeah. Like we should be way, 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 way better. Uh, so I, I don't want any more excuses on that side. Um, but let's go into like specifically like each part of that game because there were there were some good points, there were some bad points. Um, so you want to talk about Bryce? There's not really a lot of talk about Bryce because he was on the ground most of the day because our offensive yep. line couldn't protect. Um, do you want to talk about Bryce at all? Because I don't think we can really. I think that what I'm still seeing from Bryce is what worries me the most about the trajectory here of what's happening with this offense and the impact that it's having on Bryce Young. I I am seeing more and more on a relatively consistent basis with him, second guessing, um, locking in on receivers more lately. I think Mm. that he is just starting to play timid. Yeah. I did not see that, man. There was a stretch in the year after that first game or two. There was a stretch where it looked like he was starting to figure things out. Things were starting to come together for him. And these last handful of games, dude, it has been the opposite. He very much looks like he's second-guessing himself, like he's doubting any kind of success. And I don't know if maybe part of it is because of what we talked about with the drops, 
Because again, this this week we saw it, man. He hit Mingo dead in the hands with a ball that Mingo's got to catch. The pick six. Let's talk about the pick six real quick since we're talking about Bryce. Man, that is a multi-dimensional situation. And I I am really tired of everybody placing all the blame on Bryce Young on, on situations like this. Bryce Young has to shoulder a hefty amount of the blame. He threw the ball. It's a quarterback stat and interception, right? But there is context and nuance behind each one of these situations. On that situation, Jonathan Mingo is running a drag route. He is at about the 30-yard marker, right? Drag route is a you run straight to the opposite sideline. If he is on the 30-yard line where he finishes that route, he should still be on the 30-yard line. That is how you run that route, right? When Bryce starts to throw the ball, you can go frame by frame on this, on the All-22 or the broadcast, whatever you want to do. When he starts throwing the ball, Mingo is at the 30. By the time that Bland comes over and picks that ball off, Mingo is at the 32, close to the 33, and he is still drifting up. That is creating the window for Bland to undercut that throw and make that play on it. The other problem is that when Bland gets his hands on the ball, Mingo is still within reach that he could have done what every good receiver does in that situation. And that's they become the defender. You try to break that pass up. We even see receivers celebrating this, dude. When there is a pass that is supposed to be intercepted, you can tell it's going to be intercepted, right? And a receiver makes a play on that defender. They come up and they end up doing the note incomplete. They're they're bragging about the fact that they just cause an incompletion instead of an interception by putting in that effort and making that play. Mingo did not do that. He did not get his hands involved at all. And then after the turnover was made, the effort from him in pursuit to stop it from becoming a touchdown was egregious, man. Like you cannot validate any of that reaction and response from Jonathan Mingo on that play and try to convince me that Bryce Young is a failure because of a play like that. Where Bryce is is running into an issue is that it's a compounding issue for him right now. He is throwing pick sixes far too often, and he's making decisions in critical times, right? Because that that was almost like what we talk about every week, man, and I feel like we are just rehashing episodes almost at this point, right? Is we talked about this very same thing. This very same thing, man. We just had this conversation. Yeah. It's these critical moments, right? Pivotal moments in a football game that we're making back-breaking turnovers. Yeah. And we've got to be able to figure out a way to eliminate something of that formula. Whether it's being in these pivotal moments all the time so early in a game, right? And this one at least was in the third quarter. So at least this wasn't some sort of like, oh man, yeah, we just, we toasted ourselves before halftime even. Now there was the penalties right before halftime that I think all into the same thing. Um, But no, that Bryce Young, that pick six, man, I am putting so much of that on Mingo personally. And I don't care if that makes me sound like I'm absolving Bryce of wrongdoing. That's not my point either, dude. Bryce could have put a better throw on there. People say yeah. that he needed more zip on it. I'm not sure. I, I I honestly don't know what to say about that because one of the things that I think Bryce is so good at in one of his physical talents is ball placement and the catchable, catchable ball that yep. he keeps 
that keeps guys going. You know what I yeah. mean? They don't have to stop. They don't have to move their arms too far away from their body. It changed the momentum of their physical trajectory. I mean, those are all things, man, that are nuanced aspects of playing quarterback. That some mm-hmm. of the best quarterbacks that have ever done the, or ever played this game and played that position, those are the things that they excel at. Tom Brady, Drew Brees. That is what they are incredible. Drew Brees make great. Yeah. Drew Brees was a phenomenal example. And it's not just because he's six foot, five eleven, whatever he is, and that Bryce is is a small stature quarterback as well. But that is where he won. He would get his guys in situations to continue to make that play. Right. And that is what I think Bryce tries to do for his receivers. And that's what we see him do for his receivers. So I don't, I have a really hard time, man, of saying there should have been more zip on that. And that was on Bryce because he doesn't have the arm strength to get it there. I've seen him throw balls way harder than that. We've seen it in that same game. We saw the slant to Adam Thielen that he put low and away where only Thielen could get to. That's great ball placement. That's great accuracy. And he did put zip on it. This just looked to me like he was trying to lead Mingo to the spot. And that if Mingo had ran straight, that's more, more than likely a play that Deron Bland can't even get to. At worst, it's an incomplete. But I don't yeah. think that's an interception if Mingo does not create that window for Bland to run in the middle of. So same same things happen over and every almost every pick six you can look to you can look to that like yep. like um and yes this has been Mingo we talked about this very same thing of like yep. why we're not using Mingo more um and the reason is is because he's awful he's an awful yeah. route runner right now he doesn't understand how to be a receiver he doesn't yeah. understand and Adam Thielen you got to be a leader in the locker room man I know like you're 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 doing well and like you're doing your own personal thing but it, it kind of starts it's starting to feel for i'm feeling like it's like a retirement kind of thing for him and it's like i'm just gonna get my uh you know my money my last like a uh, few um uh receiving yards so i can still do it at a high level but like that offense needs a leader and somebody yeah. be like no you're the problem we're not doing this we're gonna stick up for our quarterback like we, like where are you that is sort of so excited about having like a hayden hurst of the world the Adam feelings of the world, these vets coming in and be like, no, this is how you do it. This, yeah. you do your job the correct way. And we win games. Like that's, yeah. we need that voice. Cause you know what? We got it on the other end. We got yeah. Von Bell on the other end doing it. We got Frankie Louvu, Shaq Thompson. Uh, those guys, they're, yeah. they're going to tell you if you're doing something wrong, they will be in your face. Um, and we just don't have that in the offensive side. Yeah. Everybody wants to be nice and be like, Oh no, it's, it's, okay. taking, it's taking the shape of their head coach. Yeah. Honestly, it's, like that's, that's their, that is their example setter is Frank, Wright. Like that's who they are being molded after right now. Yeah. And that's part of the thing that we've talked about. That is a problem for me, man. Is it, yeah. you can't have this locker room that lacks that fiery or intensity on that, on the offensive side of the football. And hear it with a coach that I literally think that like if he were to show too much emotion, he would like break down, freak out. He wouldn't wouldn't know what to do. You know what I mean? Like you just can't pair these things and marry that roster or that offensive roster with this head coach, man. Like we're just, the lack of identity is a self-inflicted thing. There is an identity to this football team. We see it when it works. Smash mouth football, run the ball downhill yeah. running you know what i mean and look w- one thing that we can talk about here too rice or, or miles sanders looks like he's starting to get a little bit healthy yeah he has looked like the running back that you were anticipating us getting at least at times that he did not look before a run game right. could really help Bryce young out 
Yeah. It would help him so much. People think that if you're a run-first football team, that that means you don't need a good quarterback. I would disagree with that wholeheartedly and say that if you saw the success that we had last year at the tail end of last year, and we did that with Sam Darnold, you you don't think that there's a way for us to be more dynamic and explosive running that same type of offense, but with Bryce Young, you don't see that there is a benefit to that. It is nuts to me. And you know what, though, man, if you want to build the offense to be a pass heavy offense and to be more aerial and more creative and all of those things that Frank Wright claims he was here to do. And that's why he's not a smash mouth team. He's not a power run team because that's not the offense that Tepper wants or whatever the excuse is that people want to give. You can build the roster and develop the team over time to reach that objective, right? Yeah. But this year, with the personnel that you have on this roster, there is a way that you could be successful or at least competitive and to limit the hits and exposure and to help progress the development of Bryce Young. And that's to run the football the way that they're doing it. Run mm-hmm. up, use the play action. I, I like shotgun, man. I like throwing the football. I love watching fun football. I watch football and I sometimes feel guilty, man. Like I'm Catholic. So maybe it's the Catholic guilt of me. Or <laughs> like I watch Jalen Hurts and Pat Mahomes play football. And I'm just like, hey, am I doing something wrong? Because I'm having a really good time watching football right now, man. And I feel dirty about it. You know what yeah. I mean? But, like, I want that, too. I want to see the Panthers fun and running a cool offense. Right now, we don't have the players or the coaches, in my opinion, but we don't have the players to try to do that right now. What we do have the ability to do is run the football, stay in games, eliminate turnovers, put people in successful positions, and we might be four and six right now. And you know what four and six is in the NFC South? Pretty close to one. Yeah. Like that's second place in the damn division. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to win, dude. Yeah. I don't care if we had 175 yards total offense every game and we went 15 and two. I would love to watch a boring offense and win every single damn game. What I don't think is watching us throw it 42, 45 times, whatever, with zero success and the same stale static routes. That's not fun, man. That's you trying to force something into existence, and it doesn't have to happen, man. It yeah. just doesn't have to. Yeah, especially when the end of last year, we were seeing a top 10 offense in the NFL uh, score with Shai Smith, Tommy Trimble, Donta Foreman. Like, yeah, we, it's possible to do it with lesser talent. We're seeing yeah. that everywhere. Brandon Powell is suddenly like a fantasy guy. Like now, Brandon Powell yeah. is not good. Good. No offense to Brandon Powell. Brandon Powell yeah. is a fine player, but he's not like an elite tier receiver, and he's doing well. You mm-hmm. don't need these superstars. Every time I hear us talking about we need this elite receiver, yes, that would be yeah. nice. It would make us better. But you yeah. can do it without them. You can scheme yeah. around that kind of stuff. Frank Reich has done this. He had Zach Pascal as his top receiver and was winning games. We can do like it, it's possible. They're just not doing it. And Steve yeah. Wilkes did, and it's like we saw it in Carolina last year, and we still like and it, so we're not going to take that anymore, man. Don't talk uh, to us like we're stupid. Don't nope. like no, none of this. Don't talk yeah. to us like oh we went after T Higgins to the trade deadline. We just yeah. we couldn't get him. So. Win games without him. Like, I don't you're, trying to, you're trying to convince you're trying to convince the, the whole fan base that we're supposed to be the one sitting at the kitty table at Thanksgiving yeah. while you sit up in the grown-up room and talk about how stupid we are. Uh, man, I think that that's got to be different. You're like, I think that Frank needs to go and have a seat at the kids' table and see if he can learn a little bit of something. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, there's there's uh there's a lot of benefits to just being super honest and having a lot of self awareness like a kid does. You know, yeah. you want you want an honest opinion about something? Ask a kid. You know, yeah. bring my five year old in here and say, "Hey, did you have a good time watching the Panthers game?" Because not really, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it sucks, man. Like what you're showing right now on TV sucks. Right. And if Tepper is worried about putting asses in seats and he doesn't want them to all be, you know, blue and silver and red and gold, and in those fan bases, and he wants them to be actual Panthers fans then you got to start giving them a reason to show up, man. And you you can't place blame on fans. You can't place blame and say, you guys just aren't seeing it. We've got a big picture here. We've got a long game. Nah, the the long game is is going to be another rebuild, and we're in the middle of a rebuild after being in a rebuild. Right. I don't want to say the word rebuild anymore, man. We we competed for division in a rebuild. Like, Mm. uh, man, I will say this. We just said that we're like we're like at the kitty table and we're smarter than this. Yeah. There are fan bases that can't be manipulated, and I live in New York right now. Jets fans mm-hmm. can be manipulated into thinking that Zach Wilson is the problem over in Jets Nation. Yeah. It's not. They got the same problem yeah. the Panthers do. They got yeah. the same exact problem. They're being sold that this that that no, we're really close. All we need is like blah 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 or blah blah blah. It's like no, yeah, the coaching staff's just not very good. Like you guys, right. like. You're 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 the you're yeah. the problem. <laughs> yeah, right. You're Zach Wilson. He's, he's not good, but like right. Gardner Minshew's playing games, so let's, let's let's relax. Yeah, I mean, look, you can you can drop a, a big old bunch of kale into some white chocolate and tell me it's dessert, but that shit still tastes like grass. Like, <laughs> you still don't want it. You know what I mean? I'm going to eat it because I need to, but like, don't try to convince me that it's something good. <laughs> Just yeah. be honest with me and be like, hey, look, this isn't going to be fun. But for right now, I need you to stomach it and let's get through it because we got some steak coming on the other end of this. Right, you know? right, right. That's yeah, but I got, I got to see him cooking the steak, though. They, the steak that'd be like, I don't know, like at least in the kitchen, man. Exactly. Don't just walk a damn cow by my table and be like, hey, trust me, man, there's coming at some point. No. <laughs> Not the ribeye, put it down in front of me and light the damn stove. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, grill, like, the grill ain't even on. What are you talking right. about? <laughs> Uh, there ain't no steak coming. About food, man. What are we? <laughs> I don't even want to see food. <laughs> okay, man. Well, we started talking about stuff, and I thought it was important, so I let us just like run with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, we were like, let's Bryce O line wide receiver drops. We all saw the game. We all know what happened. Uh, yeah. Two bright spots we want to talk about that we can just run right through. Yeah. Uh, uh, Leota looks really good. Um, good call by you. Yeah. I think that I, like I think that. that he looks. I think he looks good. Troy Hill bright spot. Um, that gives me some sort of hope that at least um, Evero is like really, really good at his job. So we got one side of the ball. Yeah. And he wouldn't got these, uh, he wouldn't got Troy Hill. Like he was like that. He's going to work for me. He's like, yeah, he does work for you. So good job. Good job. Evero too, about how he was able to go in and identify an area of need and say, there is a experienced veteran player that can come and help. Because when we lose, and I say win, and it's really awful that I say win instead of if, but when we lose J.C. Horn, it is going to be Dante Jackson coming off of an Achilles injury, and it is going to be C.J. Henderson, who has struggled with consistency in a major way. We get rid of Keith Taylor Jr. So then you're talking about a bunch of young, inexperienced players, right? Yeah. Good on Ajiro Evero for identifying that and saying, hey, look, there is a guy out there right now that can help us immediately and can also step in and play a role when we need somebody to play a starter role, right? How about if we had approached that same way on offense and we just said, so look, we know that we have uh, Brady Christensen and he's going to be available to us already because he's healed up from his uh, late season injury of last year. 
But we also know that Corbett is still on the IR and he's going to be a minute. And now if something were to happen to Brady Christensen, our interior offensive line options are undrafted free agents, fourth round pick, and Cade Mays, who, I, I mean, honestly, dude, he's a swing tackle that could play center, really not that proficient at guard. Um, mm-hmm. If you know that, doesn't that read a whole lot like that cornerback room where you're like, man, if we have one big injury, we're in a world of hurt. There was a guy named Dalton Risner who was available as a free agent after Brady Christensen went down that you could have said, hey, look, it is priority for us to protect Bryce Young. What we're not going to do is throw out Chandler Zavala, Cade Mays, or maybe we go and we get Calvin Throckmorton that we end up making the sacrificial lamb for being an incompetent coach team right now. But you could have got a guy that was a starter of an NFL level that plays left guard, and at worst, you have a real backup on, right. the, on the roster. But at, at, in, in a realistic scenario, you've got a guy that can start for you and provide a veteran anchor to that offensive line and would help Icky out to have a guy mm-hmm. that he didn't feel like he needed to compensate for. Maybe even helps Bose out a little bit. Yeah. There's so much benefit from a move like that. And instead, here we are. Corbett gets hurt again in this one against Dallas. He's done for the year. Brady Christensen, we lose him after one week. We are going to go the rest of this year experimenting to find out if Chandler Zavala is the long-term answer at left guard, but we're going to do that at the detriment of Bryce Young, our rookie franchise quarterback. You're telling me that it is worth more risk to find out about Chandler Zavala than it is to find out about Bryce Young? Dog. I got to have somebody break this down to me like I'm a child <laughs> because this is not doing it for me. And I yeah. cannot be smarter than an NFL coaching staff. Please do not let that be the case because my already gigantic physical, like physically my gigantic head will get so much bigger if I am so much better at evaluating a roster than Scott Fitter or Frank Reich Thomas Brown, Parks Frazier, Jim Caldwell, any of these awesome, well-regarded, high-esteemed coaches and front office people to sit there and just be that incompetent that they don't provide a backup plan for Bryce Young. I mean, it it is nuts, is it not? And and I'm sorry to go off on that tangent again, but when we talk about Troy Hill, that's the awareness of a good coaching staff to say, hey, look, we've got a weak spot. We should shore it up. That's what you do. And we did not do that on this offensive line, knowing that we were changing to a different blocking scheme in the, in the midst of all that we go and we just keep with our power personnel to become a zone blocking team with no backup plan in place. Yeah. And it's not like, yeah, really people lose the offensive linemen every year. Poor Titans lose like their entire line every single year. I think they just picked up Calvin Throckmorton for Christ's sake. Figure it out. Like, like we got to get past this. Like we're injured all the time. Things, you know what? Everyone's figured it out. Like coaching staffs, good coaching staffs, figure it out. Like think about, um, you find him everywhere. Uh, um, I mean, he's Carolina fan. I'm going to use Carolina. Uh, Jaquan McMillan is undrafted cornerback. And all of a sudden he's a top 10 PFF graded, um, player. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that stripped, um, uh, 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 not Dalvin Cook. Um, James Cook uh, yeah. against the uh, when they were playing the Bills uh, the other week, and it was like uh, 
Cook's first fumble and whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. Um, he was an undrafted kid out of East Carolina University, and they coached yeah. the kid up. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. I'm just. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm just going to go against uh, all these guys. Not Elijah Mitchell, but um, uh, um, Keaton Mitchell went to East Carolina, and he was undrafted. He's getting coached up. So I'm just going to East Carolina guys. But like these guys get coached up, and they become really, yeah. really good players. People lose offensive linemen literally all the time yeah. in the NFL. We should be ready for this. You should, should be ready for it, man. Yeah. And, and you know what? When Dalton Risner did get signed, he got signed by the Minnesota Vikings, and he's been starting for him. And he's been pretty solid over there in Minnesota. They paired him next to Christian Darisau, who is also a young left tackle that could really use a stable uh, presence right next to him on that line. They did the right thing, and they did that for him. Yeah. And look what they're doing. Like we talked about earlier, Alexander Madison tied Chandler uh, three different quarterbacks, uh, not having Justin Jefferson. The stability of that team has honestly been that front as well, and the coaching. That is what you do, man. That's what we saw with the Cowboys. That's what we see with every successful team in the NFL. Right. Is that they have a plan and they have a contingency plan and they have the personnel to execute both of those. God, man. I'm just sitting here looking at uh, the amount of offensive linemen that the Texans have lost. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, They've lost five offensive linemen. One, two, three, four, five, six offensive linemen to IR. And we're what a top seven unit in the NFL. Like, and they got a brand new coaching staff. Miss me with all this stuff, guys. Miss me with all of it. I don't want to hear it anymore. Don't I get? I said half a season. You get half a season for me, and I'll I'll give you half a season. Don't want to hear it no more. No. So people start got to go. Like, I love you camping. Like, apparently you're really great, but you ain't been great right now. Like, your guys are committing penalties left and right. You're the worst offensive line in the league. Maybe. Maybe maybe you just gotta go somewhere else. I, I don't know what it, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe Reich's gotta go. Maybe the whole staff has to go. I don't know. But we can't be so keep be, like you said. We can't keep being told that it's yep. coming when yep. I see all these other people that started below us and just riding right on past there. us. Yep. It's like, already there for them. Yep. You gotta see improvement, man. I can yep. lose, but I want to see light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, let's get on to uh, the uh, the the Titans uh, game preview because yeah. uh let's talk about uh injuries real fast going into yeah. it we are going to be hurting a little bit so we got hayden hurst is out jeremy chin is out yeter gross matos is out cj henderson's doubtful jc horns doubtful questionable franklin jr haynes and frankie Luthen. they should all play though but so we're losing we're gonna be out five guys looks like right um, and, and, and it's and it's an important five, right? Yeah. Because you look at, I, there was a little bit of hope for me that we were going to get a couple of those guys back. Uh, yeah. Personally, I was really hopeful that Henderson was going to be cleared on this one. I know that he got rid of the no contact jersey um, in practice, so the last thing for him was to get past the uh, individual um, doctor part of that, yeah. the concussion protocol. Um, I guess what my understanding about the protocol is like when you get rid of that non-contact, you go through a full practice, full participation practice. And if there are no signs from the concussion, no symptoms that that individual practitioner will be able to pass you and give you that green light to go. Yeah. That probably means that he had a little bit of carryover when it came from those concussion symptoms. So, Hey, look, man, I'm not trying to say push it, get out there and play. No, no, no. Take all that very seriously. Yep. Take all that seriously. Um, if he gets if he gets the green light, cool. I would love to have him on there. I think we need him really badly. That's because J.C. Horn, like you just said, 
is not looking like he's going to be ready to go again this week. Um, I'm not sure that JC, we've talked about this too. I'm not even hundred percent sure that JC plays this year, man. Um, yeah. that's, it's a big injury to come back from. And I don't know how much it's worth bringing him out. Um, but the, the other aspect of this though is DiCaprio Boodle went on the IR. Yeah, and DiCaprio Boodle, man, young basketball diaries, as I like to call him. Um, I just think that he has been really solid for this defense in a pinch of a situation. And losing him is going to put a lot of responsibility on Troy Hill, who played well, but he also was able to play in different alignments. And now you're going to ask him to be on the outside. If you're down to Dante Jackson and Troy Hill, Troy Hill is going to be the boundary corner over there, right? I don't know who else you can put out there. Um, in that position. Yeah. I, so I, I just think that our secondary is going to be very thin at the cornerback position. Luckily, going up against the Titans, they are not a passing football team, right? Mm, they are 28th yeah. in pass yards on offense, and they are bringing in rookie Will Levis. Um, everyone knows him as the, as the Mayo man, he likes to put mayonnaise in his coffee. He likes to eat banana peels right off the bone. Um, he, he's a wild, weird Kentucky fella. Um, and just about everything you would expect from a backwoods dude, you know what I mean? Um, but the thing about Will Levis too, yeah, he's a gunslinger, man. He's got a live arm and he'll, he'll take chances, but a lot of times those chances aren't from reading things accurately. It's all the confidence that he has in his big arm. Very Josh mm-hmm. Allen-esque, right? Even if right. he sees something that maybe causes a red flag and then a, a, a where quarterback won't do, he risks it a lot. Yeah. Now, where we're going to have to figure this out, though, man, is that the Panthers have created a takeaway on 5.6% of opponent possessions. That's lowest in the league. Yeah. We do not create a ton of turnovers. And when you look at the secondary missing all of these players, and then you talk about YGM, that's a big one, too, for me, man. YGM has been the only player outside of Brian Burns that has shown the ability to help in run defense and provide something in way of pass rush. And a lot of his pass rush comes in a place that we really need it. And that was when they were using him on the interior part of the defensive line, not even when he was out wide. They would bring him in on these sub packages and let him run out of that speed package. And he would actually generate some pressure from the inside. That was something I thought would be really beneficial to this team. I thought that Jeremy Chin coming back might even be able to free up Luvu to do a little bit more of the blitzing and getting after the quarterback. Without both of them playing again and with our secondary being thin, the prospects of creating turnovers start to diminish a little bit more, regardless of if it's Will Levis or somebody else, right? Yep. Um, now, where we do have, I think, a little bit of leniency here is going to be that the offense for Tennessee in general just isn't a very good offense, right? Mm-hmm. Whether we're decimated or not, they're 27th in points, 29th in total yards, 22nd in rushing yards, which is surprising because, you know, you've got Derrick Henry and they've got that rookie Tajay Spears that I love. Oh, I, I love, love Tyson Pierce, man. Kid yeah. out of Tulane. That was one of my guys. And he's he's one of the more dynamic running backs you'll see. And he's doing it all with like half of an ACL from all of the yeah, injuries yeah. he's suffered in college. Like he's just a remarkable story, man, and a terrific athlete, good football player. Um, they also allow a good amount of sacks, Tennessee does. Their offensive line is not a strong point for them. The problem mm-hmm. for us is that we don't generate a lot of sacks. So, yeah. I mean, it's this is gonna be one of those games where it's a uh nobody really deserves to win it type of thing. (laughs) Two pretty bad football teams that are happening to go up against each other. So somebody in all likelihood will get the win unless, you know, maybe one of us daring fellas here on this show are going to predict a tie later. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) Um, But, but I do know that 
there are aspects of this game that would be worth watching and and our defense being decimated by injuries going up against a very putrid and um unexciting offense in Tennessee. That's something that I think that isn't fun, but is worth yeah. watching because there's a somebody's gonna win that battle, man. And and why not us? Yeah, we gotta it's it's the same thing. It's like uh you ever watch Pinky the Brain? Oh yeah, what are we <laughs> gonna do today? <laughs> Try to win a football game. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And it's how do you do it? You protect Bryce. What do we never do? We never protect Bryce. And then we got to go against big old Jeffrey Simmons. Who is one of the best pass rushing interior defensive linemen in the league. Yep. And he's going to get to go up against either (laughs) Chandler Savalo, Bradley Bozeman, Nash Jensen, or Cade Mays. Because, oh, yeah, one last thing. During the week, Frank Reich wanted to make sure that he told all of us they do have a plan in place at right guard with Corbett out. He's not going to get into it, though, because, you know, we want to keep all that close to the best. We don't want to give away our master plan on are you going to see Cade Mays or are you going to see Nash Jensen? Because that would really give you too much of an easy thing to game plan for, right? That would be too much of a difference maker to tell you who's going to start at right guard. Uh, it's giving, shit, bro. <laughs> it gives me uh it gives me Dobbs versus Clayton Tune vibes. Just like uh-huh. Josh Gannon, like why yeah. do bad bad teams do this? Like yeah, like bad teams do this. Bad teams bench uh starting quarterback for Tim Boyle, who threw one touchdown pass in college. Yeah. Like, like, why are we a bad team? Why do uh-huh. we do things that bad teams do? Don't yep. be a bad team. Just tell us who's starting. That's all you yep. gotta do. Be like, we don't care who we're going up against. Listen, let, you know what? Let's be to- Mike Toblin. We do not care. Yeah. You know who's we know who's playing? Doesn't matter. We do not care. Be yep. that team. Be yep. be that. I want to be that team. I want to be the yep. Steve Wilkes team. That's like yep. that swag that we're 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 bigger, stronger, faster than you. And yep. if we're not, we're gonna be we're gonna play harder. And you and yeah, we're gonna have the tenacity to to be that way. And then right. it's just like don't be what don't do it. Just like it's like um like. It's just like a, it's like a don't suck vibe. Like just in life, like you're going through life. You're like, man, I just, I'm just not going to suck. Yeah. And like, I'm just not going to do what sucky people do. And yep. in football, it's like, you know what? I'm just, not, I don't want to be a bad team. I'm just not going to do what bad teams do. Yep. Let's just do that. Let's just do. Yep. Let's just not do what bad teams. Like, absolutely. No, I'm with you. Just whatever. Um, um, so that's so we talked about all, all we really talked about though was the Titans defense. And our offense, right? Or no, 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 it was the other way. We talk about the Titans' offense against our decimated defense. Yeah. But if you look at the other end of that, too, their defense is middle of the road. It's not, like, dominant by any means. Um, They don't generate a ton of pressure. Most of their pressure does come from the interior with Jeffrey Simmons. Um, They're, let's see, they're 14th in points allowed, 16th in yards allowed. 14th in rush yards and 15th in pass yards, 21st in sacks generated. So, I mean, literally, it's like middle of the road on just about every category. Mm-hmm. You look at our offense, and here's the here's the problem, man. Our offense is really bad. And every single week that we every single week that we announce it, <laughs> yeah, that's no. Here's my offensive analysis. We're not good at offense, right? Like, no, but really, man. Every week that we do this, and I read off these um, rankings for defense. We drop one almost every week. We go from like 27th to 28th, 30th to 31st. So this week, in the world of Panthers suck at playing offense, uh, we're 29th in points, 
32nd dead last in total yardage, 29th in rushing yards, 28th in pass yards, and 29th in sacks allowed. I mean, we literally are bottom three in the league in every major offensive statistic in football. That's a significant problem, man. Mm. Now, when we talked earlier about somebody's got to win one of these battles, no matter how bad both sides are, somebody's got to win. Here's the ultimate contrast for me. And this, I think, is going to be one of the things that dictates the game, in my opinion. The Titans are 31st in the league in red zone touchdown rate, 34.5%. The Panthers are 31st in red zone touchdown rate allowed Mm. at 70.6%. Ah, that's not good. That's not good, man. But guess what? The Titans aren't good at doing it. That is going to be the matchup that I really do look for, though, here. Which team is going to be able to capitalize on the few opportunities that they get? Because what that tells me is that there's not going to be a a barn burner of a game here. You are going to have to be very opportunistic when you are given those windows of getting points on the board and getting seven points on the board. If you're going to do it by field goals, yeah, man, I, I guess I'll try with Eddie Pinheiro. I, I, as long as it's within 50 yards, I feel relatively confident about it, right? But you're not going to win a game, even against the Tennessee Titans, because you kick three field goals. You can kick three field goals, but you got to add a touchdown to it. You got to mm-hmm. get 15, 16, 17 points to win one of these games. And this is a game that if you score 17 points, the old Matt Rule, you know, lucky number, if you score 17, I think you can beat the Tennessee Titans. They don't score a ton of points. And I think that with as good as our defense is, especially against the pass, you can make them a very one-dimensional team. You could force them into running the ball, which I know they want to do that anyways. But if you know they're running the ball and Evero can start bringing in more of those one-high looks, the cover threes, one-high looks, and having safeties play in the box, I think that you can kind of limit their effectiveness in running. And I think you can definitely shrink the field in the red zone if they can't throw the ball, right? So I, I just think that that is going to be an area of this game that is going to be pivotal. If you see the Tennessee Titans and they are in the red zone and they score twice two touchdowns in the red zone, I think that you could probably feel comfortable we're going to take the L on this game. Mm-hmm. I think that if you can hold them and you can stop them and keep them into field goals, I do think that there is a real chance that the Carolina Panthers could come in here and, and, and steal one. Yeah, I don't think you don't. Um, yeah, no, I hear you. Hey, that's not my prediction. I'm just trying. I like to present things and yeah. see if anybody else bites. <laughs> Man, I'm just kind of defeated with the Panthers. It's just, yeah. I just think Vrabel's better. Like, I think Vrabel, Vrabel is like a very, like, has a lot of Bill Belichick in, in him. He's going to just let you make mistakes. Yep. And if you don't make mistakes, he's fine with just having it close at the end of the game. Tomlin's yeah. the same kind of coach. It's yep. just... I'm okay it being 3-3 going into the fourth, and I'm not going to panic. Are you going to panic? Are you going to start panicking in the third and throw a pick six? Right. I'll wait for you to make – I'm not going to make mistakes, and I'll wait to see if you make a mistake. And if you don't, then we'll see what happens. And that speaks speaks to the probability, too, that this could be a very uh, boring football game. If you're not a fan of either of these two teams, I would (laughs) – this would not be one I would have on the Sunday NFL ticket, like on the the fourth green view. I – I would avoid this one at all costs if I didn't have to watch it. I love, I love that you said it's a, you're saying a Panthers game is going to be boring. So yeah, <laughs> breaking news, man. Uh, <laughs> Put it on a daily bugle. You know? Yeah, it's like Jets game will be boring. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably right. Um, 
Uh, but there's so, also an opportunity for Bryce Young to to throw the football here. You know what I mean? If there's a way to get him protection, I mean, they do. <laughs> I, I know, I know. And that's that's the daunting part. And look, it's not just Jeffrey Simmons, too. There are other defensive tackle, um, Tier Tart. He's been playing a really good brand of football, too, this year. Um, he's a little bit more of the run defense guy. Um, they've got a linebacker, Jack Gibbons, that's been playing pretty solid this year. Um, he's an all-around kind of guy. He's not necessarily a pass rusher, but he he can. Um, they, they've got an adequate defense, man. But Bryce has an opportunity, kind of like what we talked about with, um, who was it, the Vikings, that didn't have the best secondary coming in. And you look yeah. at it and you say, hey, look, man, if they want to open up the game plan a little bit, this could be the game to do it. I think that, that could be the case against the Titans here. They come in with mm-hmm. a, a relatively injured secondary, I think, or, or or no, maybe their secondary just got healthy. I, I they've had they've had some problems in that secondary recently, and I can't remember exactly what it was that I saw um, statistically that made mm-hmm. me want to say that here. Um, but I, I I think that they are vulnerable in that area, and yeah. if Reich and Thomas Brown decide to venture out, and I don't even mean venture out as in like drop back fifty times. I just mean get creative with the way that they approach the passing game yeah. and do it from under center. Run the play action, dude. That's creative, right? At this point, here's the sad state that we're in, man. That is creative to operate at a 12 personnel under center would catch them off guard. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that would be the thing that they'd be like, what the hell are they doing? Why are they doing that? They're an 11 personnel 93% of the time. Why are they not doing that? Yeah. You know what? If you just run 12 personnel for 40% of the game, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to change their entire defensive game plan because yeah. they don't have any tape of you doing it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, man, you talk about wanting to be secretive and come up with an advantage. You've got it. You've been doing it for the last 11 weeks. It's time to roll out the master plan. Like, all right, you did it. You set everybody up for failure. Now let's rattle off six straight wins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, everything like lines up for them to do well. I think they've, they're three and one at home. Uh, so they, they protect home really well. They're coming off a three game road trip. They're going to be back at home. It's going to feel like I could just feel them getting energized by the, the crowd and yeah. them lost three in a row. Um, we have our, our heads are down. We have the kind of, yep. we have the Eddie Pinero. Yep. We're this right now yep. where That's I think body language, yep. where they have, they have the leaders, they have nuke. They got, um, uh, Derek Henry, they got Vrabel, man. Vrabel energy. We need a Vrabel. That's what I want. That's what the Panthers need a Vrabel yep. that can just be like, hey, I know we have the most injuries of all time over a three year span, but you know what? We're going to go out and compete. And I believe in this team. I want that. I want that guy. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if there's anybody else that anything else we need to really talk about. It's going to be real boring. It's going to be real boring. I don't think any, either team uh, sniffs 17 points. Uh, I'm going to. I'm, I'll just go ahead and buy prediction uh, because I don't think there's anything really more to talk about. Yeah, no. um, I'm going to, I'm going to go 13, three um, Titans in a real ugly game. I think that three points. Ooh. Yeah. I think, I think it was 10, three. And I think that we drive to try to tie the game and we turn the ball over and then they get a field goal at the end to put it away. Nice. Man, that is brutal, and I don't disagree much. Um, <laughs> I, I I just it's, I just uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go um thirteen to nine Tennessee. 
Yeah, like they, that, could, they get the touchdown and we don't. And I think yeah. that's what makes the difference. Yeah, I just think the only way we score, the only way we've been scoring is our defense or like a, yes, a, a run back. Yep. And they're and they're just so so well coached. Yep. Even though they're hurt, they are not talented. I just think that man, they lost three in a row, coming back home. They're three and one at home. Yep. Um, and I think they're gonna be ready to play. And I just think that our we're we're just our guys are done. They they don't think I don't think they have the pride in them, honestly. Uh, which really sucks. The Panthers fan fans, because we've always had those guys. Right. We've always we've literally been keep pounding. Like literally been like that's who we have the Dante Foreman's we get under like we get excited about we get like um, these just guys that like no matter how bad we are just like the Jonathan Stewart's of the world they're like yep. I'm just gonna give it my all no matter what yep. um, and that's what last year was and like I didn't care that we only won seven games I was so pumped up about how yep. hard we played now like Steve Wilkes did and just every. They just, they just all look defeated. Iggy yep. smiling in an interview when th- he's been a huge problem. Um, it's not him being a problem problem. He, uh, actually, I'm going to say this right now. Icky played very well. He um, did. He played better. Lately, he's been playing well. But, like, the yeah. – the it, I'm not saying that he – I don't want to, like, go against no, him. No, 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 no. I'm right. saying, like, overall, it's the – the sentiment, the, the aura, like, just yeah, all of the, it. Uh, the whole energy of the team is just not where it should be. It's it's literally the Pinero, like, yeah. oh well, I miss. Yep. Oh well, no, who knew how like poignant that was going to be, right? It really is like that's who we are. Yep. We're like the. Yeah. That's your identity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Well, um, let's get ready for some boring football. That being said, that being said, I'm still probably going to bet a Adam Thielen anytime touchdown because I need him. I need him to get to five touchdowns. Yeah. Ah, I have in a parlay uh, over 550 yards. Seems dumb. Um, yeah. Over receptions, I've already hit, and um, I need him over four and a half touchdowns. And then I will make a good chunk of change. So, uh, feeling anytime. Let's go. Well, the, I don't think it's going to happen with your 13 to three prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, you have to have something to root for. I know. I hear you. No, yeah. it's it's good. Man. You know what's going to happen though, because it happens in all these games that we're like 27, 23. Who it is? It's going to be random. Yeah. It's going to be we finally do throw a bomb to DJ Chark, and he gets a seventy yard touchdown. Like that's you know that's what it's going to be. Just yeah, because it's be a thirty four, thirty one game. Yeah, always it should have flexed it to Sunday night. You know, yeah. it always happens. It's like, oh, this yeah. game's gonna be ugly. Let's like, oh, oh. yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a fifty-five point total. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, hammer the over. <laughs> yeah, it is thirty-six and a half. That's just so low. Like that's like that's like Vegas daring you to take take the over. So when Vegas dares you to take the over, you want to take the under. <laughs> and that's what sucks. So, um, all right, man. Uh, Anything else? <laughs> no, no, that's oh. it. I think I think we hammered everything that we needed to here. Did you get your uh, Shark Academy shirt? I got mine coming in. No, I haven't yet. You got yeah, it? the shirt's on sale. This come, mine's coming in like I don't know a couple weeks. Oh, I got to get it. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll send you the link. Yeah, send me the link. I'll jump online and get it. I'll tweet it out and see if anybody else wants it too. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool shirts. Um, but yeah, I got mine oh, coming man. in. Uh, yeah. So yeah, as always, follow the Shark Academy. They're doing really cool things. Um. And we still love our guy, DJ Chark. Um, and man. that might be a good anytime score, too. I always bet Chark anytime score because I told um, Dietra that if ever it hits, I'll split the winnings with her. So I, bet <laughs> I, I, uh, 
uh, with her and well, not her, but with the Chart Academy. Right. Uh, so uh, I bet DJ every anytime every week, yeah. guys. Uh, so uh, yeah, Chark anytime. Let's go, DJ. Let's do it. And look, uh, we'll be back one way or another next week to talk yeah. about the game. Um, so try Maybe to find just a way you. to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, look, try to find a way to enjoy. Oh yeah, it may just be me. Everybody wish Alex luck this week. Uh, him and his wife are expecting their first child any minute. Like honestly, yeah. we could hang 13 up thirteen day window. Yeah, thirteen, 13 day till today. So. They're they they're they're in their window to get on the active list. They've got to get on the fifty three here in the next thirteen yeah. days, or else they're gone for the season. So <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, best of luck, man. Uh, and obviously, me and you will talk. But if if need be, then I, at least I will be here next week. But yep, hopefully Alex will be here too. We'll see. And then I'll have all the time in the world. Apparently, all the time in the world. If people tell me. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. easier once the kid's here. Yeah, apparently I'm going to have a lot of time, but I won't be able to do podcasts because I won't be too loud. So we'll see. (laughs) A lot of stuff Uh, outside. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, uh, sorry, I'm in the bathroom. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this isn't fun. Uh, It's been fun, even though it's been sad. Uh, But, you know, let's just start some momentum. Let's let's go. We can do it. You know, just get this one and then the next one. We have the... uh, we have the fifth easiest strength of schedule left, so you know, you know, we still got a lot of season left. Anything is possible. Kevin Garnett said it. Yeah, yeah. We were seven to ten last year. It's still possible to be seven to ten this year. I think maybe possible. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 Say that you do every week. Uh, keep counting. Keep counting.